When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. What up, y'all? Welcome back to another edition of the DNVR Rams podcast presented as always by DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app. Make sure you use the code DNVR when you sign up. All right, guys, this is part two of the Nevada preview. We'll also get into the Mountain West slate a little bit at the end. Before we continue talking about the Nevada game, I did want to kind of just do a little intro here. It is my podcast after all. I'm looking forward to a, a unique schedule as far as the, the local football slate goes. You get to have the Broncos on Thursday night football against the Colts. You know, an intriguing, winnable game from Denver's perspective, especially because the Colts look pretty dinged up. And then, you know, obviously we have CSU and Nevada playing on Friday night, which means on Saturday and Sunday, you know, we're opened up to watch the rest of the, the football slate, college football especially. It's a banger of a weekend. You know, Kansas TCU should be epic. We've got the Red River Shootout, uh, Texas A&M and Alabama. There's a lot of really, really intriguing games. I am a little disappointed that the Broncos play on Thursday only because I was really hoping to go to the Bear Creek Dakota Ridge uh, game. That's at Jeffco Stadium, kind of a showdown between a couple of Jeffco powerhouses. I'm a Bear Creek guy. I'm an alum, so... Big matchup. Dakota Ridge has kind of been the the star of the show around here the last couple of years, at least in 4A. It's still all about Columbine and 5A. Kills me that Bear Creek's no longer 5A. But what uh, really kills me is the stupid way that Chassa does conferences now. And I understand it was all about trying to establish competitive balance. And I, I understand the purpose. But you know what's better for local high school football? When the teams that are around each other play each other. You know, Columbine was Bear Creek's biggest rival when I was in high school. They don't even play each other now. And granted, you know, they're still 5A. You could play them, but there's just, there's a lot of 4A teams that Bear Creek is close to. They don't play. Instead, they're playing, you know, at Grand Junction and up in Greeley. And it's just that, it's just ridiculous. It makes it hard for the kids to go support their programs. And, you know, again, when I was in high school, you played a lot of local teams. You know, the furthest team away, you were probably you know, facing in league play as a a squad in Lakewood was, you know, like Highlands Ranch or something like that. Grandview, maybe. It's just, I don't know. It's it's much like college football and in realignment. It seems like every decision we make just makes the product worse. Maybe well-intended, but ultimately the outcome pulls away from what we actually love about all this, which is the community component so that's a little side tangent, but go Bears. You know, I hope you take down the Eagles. I'll definitely be, you know, pulling hard for the alma mater. 
What I actually wanted to talk about, though, what I was thinking about, though, with CSU playing on Friday and Thursday night football and all this is I really miss Thursday night Mountain West action on ESPN, too. You know, the league, they went, they created the Mountain West Network to kind of try and get away from all of that. And I just, I think it was such a, it was so much better for the national brand when the Mountain West owned Thursday nights. Now, obviously, that was before the NFL, you know, played every Thursday night. So it'd probably be a little different nowadays, but we still have Thursday night college football. And I just, I think it's an opportunity for these conferences like the Mountain West or the MAC or, or whoever it is to just, to get national attention. And really, I think it's the nostalgic part of me that, that misses it. I mean, CSU, BYU, Wyoming Air Force, New Mexico, UNLV. It was, it was awesome. You know, some of my favorite childhood memories are, you know, a cold November Thursday night, watching an intense Mountain West game that has, you know, title implications, eating Tombstone pizza with my dad and my little brother, you know, being on the couch, got the space heater going. I mean, I loved it. I absolutely loved it. And I really miss it. And I, I just think it was good for the league's exposure. I will say I understand that it, it makes it really hard, you know, on the fans to get there in person at times. You know, it's it's not easy to get to Fort Collins from Denver, you know, during rush hour after work. I get it. It's a lot easier to get to Fort Collins on a Saturday. Honestly, I just, I miss the old Mountain West in general. You know, I don't, I don't miss losing to them, but I miss playing BYU and in Utah. TCU, not so much, but they were like a cool team in the conference that I rooted for out of the, the teams that were good and, you know, ranked in the top 25. I always kind of pulled for them more than I pulled for Utah. And I think that's because I liked Gary Patterson more than Whittingham. Whittingham just rubs me the wrong way, although I've heard, you know, Gary Patterson's, you know, kind of a prickly guy himself. But TCU had cool players and cool uniforms and it was pre-Twitter, so that was a big part of it too. I'm sure I probably would have felt the same way about TCU as I currently do about Boise State if I had to interact with their fans online more frequently. Anyways, I'm not you know saying anything all that deep here and I don't even really know what I'm trying to say other than I just, I miss that stuff. I'm nostalgic for... The, the college football I grew up with, and I, I just genuinely feel like every decision that gets made over the years, we just inch further and further away from what what makes it great. And we're even seeing that, you know, in, in high school football, too. So that's my two cents. Uh, let's get back to talking about this Nevada matchup. But real quick, the NFL action is in full swing at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. We're talking touchdowns, big plays, and even bigger wins. New customers can bet just $5 on any NFL team to win and get $200 in free bets if they do. Check this out. In addition to the usual bets, everyone can boost their winnings with DraftKings stepped-up same-game parlay. You know, maybe you're really into Thursday night football. You know, you think Cortland Sutton's going to go off. You think Judy's in for a big game. You know, take their receptions, maybe score a touchdown and get it boosted. To make things even sweeter, you can throw down on the stepped-up same-game parlay once per game day, all season long. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use the promo code DNVR to get $200 in free bets. If your team wins when you place a $5 bet on any football game, that code DNVR only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. 
I also want to talk to you guys about Game Time, the hottest new ticketing site that makes it easier than ever to score the best deals on tickets to sports, concerts, and shows. If you've ever dreamed of sitting in a seat you never thought you could, 50-yard line maybe, courtside, behind home plate, floor seats at a concert, it's possible with the Game Time app. The biggest last-minute price drops can be found on the seats you never thought you could buy. You're not going to find a better deal this season on Rams tickets or Nuggets tickets, Avalanche tickets, you name it, than you will on Game Time created by the fans for the fans, and they guarantee the lowest price. If you love DNVR, you're going to love Game Time, and the best way to support us is by buying your tickets through the link in the podcast description. Join over 15 million people who have downloaded the Game Time app. Score the best seats to all your favorite events. CSU looking to win the conference opener in back-to-back seasons for the first time since 2005-2006. CSU just 2-8 in their last 10 conference openers, so it's been kind of rough historically of late. Some quick facts about CSU and Nevada. CSU founded in 1870. Nevada founded in 1874. CSU has an enrollment of 33,769, while Nevada has an enrollment of 21,657. Their stadium capacity is 27,000 compared to 36,500 in Fort Collins. And despite taking the last two matchups against CSU, Nevada currently trails the all-time series 12 to five. The first meeting between these two teams was on October 19th, 1974, a 66-17 victory for the Rams in Fort Collins. Between 74 and 2005, CSU actually won the first eight matchups between these two teams. The first win for Nevada came on September 16th, 2006, a 28-10 win in Reno. The first CSU game that I ever attended in Fort Collins was actually against Nevada. September 19, 2009, the Rams beat a Colin Kaepernick-led ranked Nevada team 35-20 in Fort Collins. Uh, Nevada got them back bad the next year, 51-6 in Reno. So it shows you the type of team that they were able to beat. Uh, That game, and then probably the the October 2017 thriller that CSU won 44-42, those are two of my favorite, you know, home memories Uh, One, just because it was the first time I got to see a game in Fort Collins. I'd been to some showdowns in Denver before, but, you know, we went up with my family. Growing up in in Lakewood, it was hard to get to Fort Collins for game day because me and my brother both played sports year-round, so just making it work with the schedule was nearly impossible. But uh, we got there for that Nevada game against a ranked Kaepernick team. And, man, I'll just I'll never forget that experience. I, I, I was already, you know, a diehard Ram fan at that point you know, bled green and gold for sure. But just experiencing campus, you know, and, you know, seeing the oval for the first time, going to CBM Pots. I mean, I knew, like I literally knew in the eighth grade, there's nowhere I would ever go other than CSU. But giving the other perspective, you know, while, you know, two of those wins are two of my favorite CSU memories in Fort Collins, I would say that the the Arizona Bowl loss in 2015, that was one of the more random, frustrating CSU losses that has always uh, just kind of stuck with me. The Rams had a chance to drive down the field late, couldn't get out of bounds, ran out of time. Really just a dumb, that game in general was so dumb, you know, having to play, play a team from your own conference in a bowl game. It was so lame. And then just the outcome of it, you know, it, it sticks with you. Uh, the 2018 beat town that was pretty brutal. That whole 2018 season in general, I think, is one of my least favorite years in, in CSU history. Just a team that kind of was 
you know, not trying to be mean, but just kind of soft and did not respond well at all. Uh, 2021 was brittle, you know, 52-10 the last time they played, but also kind of a positive memory as it, you know, for me at least it is now. I mean, it's ultimately the game that got, you know, Adazio out of here, him getting ejected at halftime is something that I'll definitely never forget. I'll just, I'll never forget being in the in the press box in that mostly empty stadium, just being like, did he really just get tossed? All of us were so shocked. I wish I would have been on the sidelines so that I could have heard what he was yelling. But, I mean, you know, you get rid of Adazio and I just kind of view it in hindsight as, you know, what was a sneak peek to hopefully what CSU will eventually look like with the air raid offense. I mean, the last couple of times that Nevada played CSU under Norvell, that offense looked damn near unstoppable. And even in 2017, when the Rams won, you know, again, it was a 44-42 game, so they couldn't really stop them in that one either. The 2022 Nevada team, obviously a little bit different now that Norvell's gone, but they still run a spread offense under Ken Wilson, and it's still a 4-2-5 defense. So, you know, still very similar to what we've seen in, in recent years. They're currently 2-3. They beat New Mexico State on the road in the season opener, and they beat Texas State at home in week two. And if you listen to this podcast, I actually told you to back Nevada in both of those. Since then, though, they lost to Incarnate Word 55-41 to at home, then lost 27-0 at Iowa and 48-20 to at Air Force. So been a rough, you know, couple of weeks for the Wolfpack as well. Nevada offensively, they currently score 24.4 points per game, which ranks 101st in the country. They're led by Nate Cox at quarterback. And really, though, what, what scares you about this team is kind of what they can do on the ground. You know, they've got Toa Tawa, Devontae Lee, a two-headed rushing attack at running back. Those two have combined for nine rushing touchdowns. Nate Cox has 100 rushing yards and three rushing touchdowns as well, though, so you've got to account for him. He's 6'9", a big guy, definitely a unique quarterback, but, I mean, he can take big, long strides, so, you know, eats up a lot of grounds on some of those, you know, read option plays. It's, you know, a nice little option for the Wolfpack in the red zone. Defensively, they lost Dayon Henley at linebacker. He's obviously starring for Washington State now. But in the secondary, they've got some real playmakers. Tyson Williams at safety, 30 total tackles, three for a loss, one sack. Also has an interception and a forced fumble. And then Bentley Sanders at corner, 32 total tackles, two for loss. Has four picks and a forced fumble this year. So those are some guys that can really turn it over. And, you know, flip this game in a hurry. Uh, defensive lineman, as Norvell's talked about, Don Peterson, a stud at defensive tackle. He has 13 total tackles, five and a half for a loss, four sacks. He's a guy that can be really disruptive in the interior. And he's a guy who CSU is going to have to be able to contain, or it's going to be a really long day. You know, if you're getting pressure up the middle, it's just going to be tough on Braden, likely, potentially Clay, but I think it'll be Braden. So those are kind of the, the key players on Nevada. As far as a couple of keys to this game go, I mean, it's it's pretty basic stuff, but special teams play needs to be a lot better than it's been really at any point this season. You need the defensive line to be disruptive, both against the run and to get after the quarterback. Everything Nevada wants to do, you know, they do stretch the field, but they, they want to run it down your throat with those experienced backs. And if they can get, you know, Lee and Toa Tau going, it, it could be a tough one for CSU, especially if the Rams are, are struggling offensively and then, you know, Nevada is able to just as constantly be on the field. That's been the trouble for this CSU defense really for 
three straight weeks as they've just been on the field the entire game. And it's hard to win that way. It's hard to consistently be disruptive that way. They, they rotate a ton. They do what they can to try and keep everybody as fresh as possible. And, you know, to an extent, it's, it's been impactful. We have seen some young guys, you know, be able to step up and make plays in instances. But this is kind of the time where you need some of these veterans really to step up and make some plays in big games. You know, Devin Phillips, Daquan Jackson, the transfers in the secondary. You know, Angel King and, and Aiden Hector are guys that I had really high hopes for. And, you know, they, they've been pretty quiet here these first couple of games. You know, you'd love to see them get some turnovers. You know, Chiggy, he, he's been probably their best corner. Been burned a couple of times. But again, I think some of that has to do with just how much the defense has been on the field. He's also made a couple of really nice plays. I think he's solid. But you need the veteran guys that have played a lot of football, the guys that are still around here to kind of lead the way because obviously there's going to be a ton of young dudes getting to see the field and that's all exciting, but you know, it's typically high variance with young individuals. You know, you see the talent pop. You also see the inexperienced show. They tend to get overwhelmed easier. So, you know, you need some of these guys that have been in this instance before to show them how it's done and to step up and start making plays. Cause again, it can't just all be Tory Horton and Jack Howell. Mo and CJ have been studs as well at the edge. Want to shout them out. But you guys know what I mean. You know, you just you need more players stepping up. If the Rams are going to have any opportunity of being competitive, yes, you need some of these young guys to pop early. But really, you know, you need the people that have been here before to, to start making plays. You know, whether it's Daquan or who's been solid against the run, but, uh, you know, force a fumble, you know, get some sacks. Turn the ball over a hell of a lot more than you've been able to well, force turnovers is what I'm trying to say. Obviously, you don't want to turn the ball over yourself. But anyways, you know, you've got to start making these big momentum plays and, you know, helping the offense out, which, you know, again, is still kind of trying to figure out its strides. Hopefully they have Bivens and Keys back. That's huge just for the stability of the offensive line. They looked better against Sac State, but again, not perfect. I'm looking forward to this game. You know, I think the atmosphere is going to be really intriguing. I'm curious to see you know, if either team gets swept up in the emotion and, and kind of plays undisciplined because of that, I would lean towards Nevada being the team to do that in this instance. But, you know, we'll see. Again, I just think it's natural when you're the spurned one to get a little bit too caught up in the, the aspects of the game that have nothing to do with football. And that's where I kind of commend CSU for downplaying some of it, although we do know it's not just a normal game for most of these guys. But it's a big opportunity. I think if you can get a win here in this hostile environment before coming home for a couple of winnable matchups, it could really go a long way for this team's confidence. And it would just be good for everyone to get a win. It's hard to just keep losing as a team, as a fan base, as a Rams community. Everybody needs a feel-good moment right now. Nevada opened as five-and-a-half-point favorites, although that line has gone down. I see it as now CSU a three and a half point underdog. So Nevada still three and a half point favorites in that matchup. Before we wrap up, we're going to talk about some of the other matchups in the mountain West. I want to talk about hassle cattle real quick. Hassle cattle beef is raised in Texas on a family farm and it's the best damn Wagyu beef you'll ever eat. And you get it shipped straight to your door. It's literally the choice of home cooks and restaurants, chefs alike. It's versatile, full of flavor there's different cuts to fit your budget and recipes, and they call it the blue-collar American Wagyu because it's top shelf but affordable. Hassle Cattle Wagyu beef can be shipped anywhere in just days. 
And if you want to get a taste before purchasing, head over to one of our Broncos tailgates. It's yet another reason to party with DNVR. You can enjoy a delicious smoke stuffed sausage right off the grill. Had a couple of them before the game last week. Oh, so good. Head to HassleCattleCompany.com to secure your bag of beef. Make sure you use the code DNVR20 to get 20% off your entire purchase. That's DNVR20 for 20% off at HassleCattleCompany.com. Cool, cool, cool. So in addition to CSU Nevada, we've also got a fun one between UNLV and San Jose State in a game that's going to have big implications for who's going to come out of the West. UNLV currently 4-1, San Jose State currently 3-1. San Jose State hosting the Rebels, and they are currently 7-point favorites in this one. Essentially a showdown of one of the best offenses in the league, the Rebels, First, the best defense in the conference, which is San Jose State in that insane front seven led by Kyle Harmon. The over-under is 52.5. I like the over in this one, one because of just how explosive UNLV has been, both rushing and passing the ball. But also San Jose State, they've figured some stuff out with Chevin, Cador- <laughs> Chevin Cordero excuse me, under center. Uh, they have covered the, the spread in seven of their last eight October games as a favorite. That's a weird stat plus 100 for them to cover the seven if you are intrigued. I kind of like UNLV in this one, but it does scare me. I I do like the over. I think that's the play. Then on Saturday, we've got Utah State hosting Air Force. Utah State, 10-point home dogs. Tens a lot to cover on the road, but I like the Falcons in this one. The over-under set at 55. Probably a stay away just because the Falcons are kind of hard on that. Based on what their offense has done, I think it probably should be the over, but I, I do think the Falcons should cover the 10 there. Big matchup in the mountain. It's one that Air Force can't afford to lose. They do tend to lose some stupid games like this every now and then. You already lost on the road at Wyoming. You know, this is, it's going to be a tough atmosphere. Utah State, they've got good fans. It's a fun little, you know, stadium in Logan. Uh, the Aggies currently one in four. Air Force currently four in one should be noted that Utah State has failed to cover the spread at home in each of their last four games. So, you know, maybe maybe reason to back the Falcons in that one. Also on Saturday evening, we've got New Mexico hosting Wyoming. Vegas respects the Lobos. New Mexico, they're home dogs, but it's only a three and a half point spread. They beat Wyoming back to back years. This is a big game. Wyoming's lost a couple in a row. They really looked bad against San Jose State. Rocky Long, you know, he always seems to defend Craig Bull well. And Vegas seems to think this is going to be, you know, a a real old school style football game, which it probably will be the over under only 36 and a half, which for a college football game is just insanely low. I I like the Lobos to cover three and a half. I'd consider taking them to upset as well. There's a part of me that's, you know, think about sprinkling a little New Mexico UNLV Moneyline Parlay and see what I can come up with. But wrapping up the slate, we've got Boise State hosting Fresno State. Fresno State really struggling one and three. Boise State in the second half looked awesome after looking like they were going to get run out of their own building by San Diego State. Probably a stay away game for me over under set at 45 and a half. I'd probably like the over if anything. Consider taking Fresno in a bounce back. I just don't buy into Boise State even though I do think that they're Starting to figure some things out with Green. I think he makes kind of makes up for some of the offensive deficiencies that they have just with his mobility. Yeah, the last game of the night, San Diego State, 22-point favorites against Hawaii. 
I like Hawaii to cover 22. I don't know if they're going to pull an upset plus 1,000 on the money line if you're feeling crazy, but San, San Diego State's offense is just completely inept right now. All right, I'm going to wrap it up. I'm going to get out of here. Got to give you my DraftKings pick of the week real quick. I had a couple of more things I wanted to say, but they're doing uh, some maintenance outside my unit, and it's getting real loud, and I think it's going to bleed in. Kansas, they're hosting game day. They're undefeated. They sold out against TCU. They're seven-point underdogs at home. I love the Jayhawks to cover that. Lock it in. Cover that seven. Minus 120 over on DraftKings. My DraftKings pick of the week. I'm taking them straight up to win as well, but we'll just go with the spread for the for the pick of the week there. Going to be a fun slate of college football. Looking forward to Kansas State, Iowa State. I'm just all in on the Kansas teams this year. That's what I've decided. I'm just going to be a, a Jayhawk and Wildcat fan, which pisses off everybody in my family who is split. You know, they're just dead down the middle. Half are KU fans, half are K-State fans. I want them both to do well. I think it's cool that they're they're both winning, and I want that Week 12, you know, finale between them to be in a sold-out stadium and you know have Big 12 title implications. So I'm pulling hard for the Jayhawks. It'd be a really cool story if they were the first team to become bowl eligible this year. How crazy would that be? I will say it does suck, and uh, we've all been in this position as CSU fans that the entire narrative surrounding Lance Leopold and the Nebraska or the Kansas turnaround is you know how long until he's gone at a place like Nebraska. See, it's seeping into my subconscious. Can we not just enjoy the ride a little bit without completely framing it as how long till he's gone? Like he probably is. It's just the reality of college football. Somebody big is going to come calling. Kansas does have real money if they decide they want to, you know, stay a, a player in, in football. But the reality is basketball is where their focus is as far as resources go. So I'm sure if, you know, there was a legit team that needed a coach, you know, I'm talking traditional football powerhouse that came calling like in Nebraska, they'd probably be able to outbid Kansas. But I don't know. I just, I hate how we do that. Like we, we see it with mid-major basketball coaches whenever, you know, people around the country talk about CSU and Wyoming, you know, how long till Linder and, and Medved move on? What if they don't? You know, we don't know. They likely will at some point, but I just, I hate how we cover that. And it's just because the network's, and the people that cover bigger conferences, they're viewing it through their own lens. And I get it. I'm being sensitive, but it's just, it drives me crazy. All right. That's all I have for today. Much love to you. I will have more content. I have a couple more articles coming out before the Nevada game. Looking forward to it. Come out to the DNVR bar for a watch party. If you're looking for a spot to check out the game, we've got more TVs than ever. It's a sweet setup. The food is great. Go hang out with Ram fans. It's going to be a great time. Uh, that's all I have for today, y'all. Much love. Peace. Scummy like Martin Scarelli Turn jam into jelly Then drink it like juice The water's the truth So I sip on that too Skinny looking kid With no car keys Like the only thing I drive Is RCRV's got the stash Like Steve Harvey Oh I'm gnarly